Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Liberty Weekly podcast. This episode is entitled Liberty Weekly Returns because I'm just gearing up now to record the first episode of the Liberty Weekly podcast proper um, meant for, you know, libertyweekly.net, not this show. Although this show has been doing relatively well. Um, I haven't released an episode here, and I, I hope that people are still subscribed to this show. But since the audience is smaller on this show, and since I'm not committed to talking about purely libertarian topics, I thought that since I'm gearing up to record the first episode of the proper show um, in, a, in quite a while, that I would try and warm up a little bit by talking on this show about, um, <clears throat> excuse me, on this show about why I haven't been releasing episodes or what, what my plan is to bring the show back. And I'm sure I'll mention this on the show proper that's coming up. Um, but I haven't been releasing a lot of content because well, one, we had, um, our first child, my son, and he's been keeping our hands full. He's six months old now, which is just incredible. And he's, he's quite the boy. He's uh, really great. But the other reason why is, is that all of a sudden the show topic ideas and the things that I wanted to talk about and the things I wanted to say all of a sudden dried up. And I don't know exactly why that was. I still don't really know. And I'm still kind of at a point where the show topic ideas are dried up. But I thought that my plan going forward uh, will be productive and useful. And I've been doing a lot of thinking kind of about my show and where my show fits into the lexicon of just the plethora of libertarian podcasts out there and what most of them are doing and what most of them are doing well and the different niches that are filled by different podcasts. I mean, um, just kind of going through my podcast feed, um, you know, Bob Murphy's show does interviews and Bob brings incredible things to the table because he's an economist friends with Tom Woods, but he also has great interviews and he can go off on great monologues because he has an entire career and specialty, um, and a wealth of knowledge. And, and not to say that I don't, but, um, it's not like I've been practicing law for 30 years where I can speak with primary authority on topics. Uh, biting the bullet has the theme of that. They're all veterans and they can all speak from experience. Plus they're really funny guys who just hang out and BS and can, booze it up a bit and uh it's super entertaining it brings a lot to the table uh robert and daniel with actual anarchy they have the movie review thing going so they fill that niche pretty well they're the only libertarian movie review podcast out there um a boy named sue he or you know he also does really great interviews and has spoken with people who are big in the liberty movement and he's also on the libertarian institute um, so let's see, I'm just kind of looking through here. Mance Raider has his show where he interviews lots of really big name libertarian people and he can put out, you know, he has connections, which I think is really important for actually going places. And he also has a book out, which I think is maybe the most important thing for really going places and establishing yourself and speaking with some authority. Uh, Friends Against Government, they're probably the funniest libertarian podcast out there. So they have that going for them. And 
they're pretty popular from my understanding. Um, Anarcho Christian has the, the Christian audience that they're speaking to. Dave Smith is just Dave Smith. He's a comedian. He's hilarious, but he does really good current events and focuses on what the mainstream media, um, in this day and age, how horrible they are in exposing them. And I'm just still going through my list. Dangerous History Podcast has deep dives on history and someone who can speak with authority, uh, Prof. CJ, on all those topics. And he puts an immense amount of research into the shows. And I think the thing with DHP is that Prof. CJ puts out an episode maybe once a month or he gives himself enough time to really do a deep dive on these episodes. So I think that this whole, and I'm just kind of thinking out loud here, but I think that the whole, this whole narrative that you have to put out episodes frequently and with regularity isn't quite the case. If your quality is really good and Prof. CJ's quality is superb. You know, Tom Woods, he puts it out all the time. He's Mr. Libertarian Podcast. Peter Schiff has the financial markets cornered down. So the recurring theme here is that all these podcasts that I think are super notable have some kind of substantial niche that they're filling. Um, you know, Kyle Anselone, he does foreign policy and current events in a way that I, I think he he really gets down and does the shows, the actual events that are happening um, with a lot, it's different than what, um, Scott Horton does. Scott Horton interviews people, but, but I feel like Kyle really does the, the, he puts the work in on the everyday, um, foreign policy events that are happening. So I don't know. And I was thinking about this, you know, uh, Stefan Kinsella, uh, Stefan Kinsella, he, you know, he's a patent attorney, and he has his legal practice, and he has written a lot on the really deep-dive intellectual libertarian legal theory topics. But again, um, and I don't think he'll listen to this episode, not that it matters, but I think that he posts his interviews and he posts his talks, but he doesn't do a deep, deep dive per se on, it's not always about libertarian legal theory. Um, and it's not doing deep dives on papers or anything like that. He has a lot of stuff on IP because that's his specialty. Um, and he does a great job in his interviews. I, I really enjoy him and he might be the person I enjoy the most about really getting down to brass tacks on why it is exactly where property rights come from and what argumentation ethics are and why the estoppel theory his estoppel theory backs up the non-aggression principle. And I think that's incredibly useful. But I was thinking back about my show, and there's a great deal of archives. Of course, now I think there's 135 episodes. Even even though there's only 127, I think, episodes of the podcast itself, the... There's more... There's unnumbered episodes that are in the podcast feed. So the episodes I enjoy the most aren't necessarily my interview episodes, although I do consider myself to be a decent interviewer. Um, but they're the episodes where I really kind of explore legal theory and I think be informative in that way. 
And so I, I like interviewing people, but it is one of the most time consuming things that I've found in the podcast and trying to set up interview times. And every time you do an interview, it's at least an hour um, that you have to commit to at a certain time. And my life at this point in time is not um, really amenable to having a specific period of time every week where I can do something like that. And if I, I commit to doing something, you know, the, our son keeps us busy. Um, and he is on a schedule, but it's not to the point where I, if I have an interview on Thursday night at seven o'clock, well, something will definitely come up with him or my wife will need help with him or something. And, and it's just not something that's doable at this point in time. And I like doing the legal theory. And I think that it'll force me to read and keep up with it. A, if my production schedule is not advanced to the point where I have to be putting out an episode once every week. And um, I have Keith Knight, someone who is a part of the show. He's the co-host. Um, and he does incredible interviews. And I think the quality of interviews that he does, the long form quality interviews that he does, and he has a huge library is something that will really, you know, help me with the production schedule. But I'm looking at putting out one alternating weeks with Keith where one weekend I'll put out an episode and the next weekend he'll put out an episode. And that way the production schedule isn't really on top of me. But my plan, at least to this point, is to really do deep dives on or reviews of either chapters in books that I'm reading. Like, I'm looking at doing Murray Rothbard's Retribution Theory, or his, um, rather, it is Restitution Theory um, from The Ethics of Liberty. It's chapter 12 in part two or chapter 13, Punishment and Proportionality, and kind of doing a deep dive on that. And then the next week I have the something from Bruce Albenson that considers Rothbard's Punishment and Proportionality chapter, but kind of makes a roadmap to how we could get there from the current system, the current legal order in the United States. And he does a comparative legal study with Japan and how their their current legal system is very victim centric in terms of restitution and making the victim whole. And that's the primary concern of the criminal justice system in Japan. So I think that's really interesting. Um, so that's what I think I'm going to do going forward. And I'm, I'm excited to start, but I, you know, I'm also hoping one of the reasons why I haven't been publishing so far, maybe to kind of turn a corner and tackle a different topic. But one of the reasons why I haven't been releasing episodes, even though I've recorded them and I've made that available to my Patreon subscribers over at patreon.com forward slash Liberty weekly. But one of the reasons why is that now I'm, things are getting a lot more while well, things have been a lot more serious with my job and I've been thinking a lot about what if people at work discovered this podcast and my ideas and how radical they are and what certain things I say on the podcast, how that could portend for my job. 
and it's it's not the the greatest concern to have because you don't like to self censor or anything like that. But I think that by keeping this strictly academic, it's a little more safe to continue the podcast and propagate these ideas as well. Even though I've been assured by people at work that, you know, I even though I'm the only libertarian and a whole bunch of progressive Democrats, I've been assured at work that I, I should feel free to uh, be an activist in my own right um, for whatever my political beliefs are. You know, I, I'm not sure that they know how radical they truly are, um, even though I've kind of hinted at it. But, you know, I'm, I'm not a dangerous guy. I don't promote violence in any form, even if it's to overthrow the U.S. government. Um, violence, you know, is it ends up bad for everyone. And I've tackled that topic on the show numerous times, so I won't really elaborate. But, um, you know, I don't think I say too offensive things. I do say have harsh criticisms for the government, as you've known if you're a listener of the show and if you've listened for quite some time. But so we'll see how it goes. And at the same time, though, I want to be building my credentials in terms of putting out work that people can enjoy and that benefit the libertarian community and adds something academically to the conversation and advances the theory in some kind of way like that, that, that would be really good. And what I'd really like to do is, is write a book or, you know, put out some kind of a tangible representation of my work. I have eBooks and I have collections of my writings. I have three law school essays that I have and others that I could be working on. Um, I also have, I think, two chapters of a book actually written out in terms of talking about the experience that people go through when they find voluntarism and the different stages that I went through in my own journey. But I'm concerned that it sounds too to annoy me. And if the book were ever connected to me personally, I would fear that it would be too too much for a normie or someone who wasn't inside this libertarian world to read. And because it's very honest and it's very open. And I think it, it tries to be very, not really friendly, but to really kind of encapsulate the feelings that we all kind of went through on this libertarian journey. I guess I'll say that. And to someone who didn't go through that, it probably doesn't make a lot of sense and it's probably kind of weird. So I I have worked on that, but um, I haven't had a whole lot of time to work on it lately because work really is insane. I mean, I'm I'm a trial lawyer in a very high caliber personal injury firm, so it's it's a big deal. I mean, I'm not just saying that to ingratiate myself, but it's very demanding, <laughs> and um, you know, personally and professionally, I go through a whole lot of. It's, it's quite a ride, we'll just say that, um, kind of the cornucopia of, of emotions on this end, and getting used to that, and I, I haven't been in practice, I haven't been working in my current firm, it'll be a year in March that I've been there, so I'm kind of to the point where I'm starting to get a hold of things, but it also makes me hesitant to talk about things that I'm actually practicing uh, in terms of having episodes about personal injury law and 
what the personal injury process is and what some of my clients would be going through or why medical malpractice cases are so hard to prosecute in Wisconsin or I, I would assume most other states and what the lobbying is or what the nitty gritty is in terms of trial tactics or interacting with clients or what the thought process or the thought processes or strategy from this side or anything like that. I'm hesitant to talk about that because I'm a baby lawyer, I guess you would say. And it, it's, I, I'm very, I'm competent and I, I know what I'm doing, but it's such a deep pool of knowledge and experience that goes into it that I don't feel like I can speak on it with authority. Uh, of course, more authority than most other people, but it's kind of the point where it's like the more you know, the more that you learn there's more to know, if that makes sense. So it's just this ever-expanding um, comprehension of, of how much you don't know. And that makes it difficult to speak on you know, and, and I'm sure that uh, Stefan Kinsella, and I, I kind of draw a lot of parallels to him because he's probably the biggest attorney, aside from maybe Jeff Deist, um, in the libertarian, in this corner of the libertarian movement, um, and in terms of theory, that I, you know, I guess I would relate to him or, or, or it's a, a target of where I'd like to be in 20 years in terms of the community. Um, maybe not in terms of contributions to the theory, um, because if that were my target in the future, I probably should have already published some groundbreaking uh, papers. But at this point in time, I'm just trying to become very good at my craft in terms of personal injury. And I, I think everything like that will come with time in terms of making contributions. But um, to give myself some credit, I mean, I through law school, I already have a hundred and some change pretty deep dive podcasts and three essays to my name, even if I haven't published the essays. But um, I guess they have been published in my own way, but not through like the peer review process or anything like that. Um, but to give myself some credit, I think I have established uh, a um, what do they call that? A portfolio, I suppose, or some credentials to my name. But so um, I think that pretty much covers it. So what I'm looking to do in the next little bit, then just to recap is be putting out one episode every two weeks. So every other week, and then having the other weekend be a Keith Knight interview or a show I do with him. And I'm looking to stick to the cerebral, deep dive into libertarian legal theory that is pretty strictly related to papers or chapters from books and discussing that and making it available to the general libertarian voluntarist community. And I, I think that that's filling a niche in a way that Stefan Kinsella does not, um, that he does, you know, he has a different niche that he fills in the content that he puts out. So I'm curious to know what you think. Um, my email is patrick.mcfarlane at libertyweekly.net. That's M-A-C-F-A-R-L-A-N-E. Patrick.mcfarlane, like that. 
at libertyweekly.net. Shoot me an email if you think that that's a good direction for the show. Or I'd really appreciate it if you shot me an email and, and told me what what are the parts of the show in the past and the archives that you've enjoyed the most, that you've gotten the most out of. Because perhaps that would be, well, it would be really helpful for me to kind of take stock and, and listen. But so um, just looking forward to pushing on and having my voice be a part of the conversation again. And hopefully to get something tangible out there in the next couple of years and connect with some bigger names or make some big appearances on podcasts. That's what I'd really like to do is to be someone like Stefan Kinsella that other podcast folks can interview me and have me on their show. Um, that would be really cool. But otherwise, just making connections. And I think I'm inspired a bit too by the... Uh, Ron Paul Revolution 2.0 with Jacob Hornberger and the things that are kind of shaking around in the movement right now in terms of his campaign. And I think there's some energy in the air and I'm trying to make a push to be a part of that. And so I'm going to put out an episode on Rothbard's theory of uh, restitution and punishment and proportionality this week, but I think next weekend will be the Keith Knight interview with Jacob Hornberger that he did. So I think that'll be really great. Um, all right. Well, I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope that you've stayed subscribed to the show. Look forward to hopefully tonight listening to my episode on Murray Rothbard's punishment and uh, proportionality episode that I'm about to record. Um, hit me up on discord. There's a discord link. I think it's libertyweekly.net forward slash discord to join the server. I populate that and we have some good talks in there. So I think that's about it. Um, if you're not already subscribed, please consider subscribing to this show. Check me out on Patreon, libertyweekly.net forward slash Patreon. And um, have a good day. Peace.